Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. They had a rod day, and I respected it. And I knew I had to combat it with something anti-A-Rod. And I didn't do the whole show on it, just a little bit. And Ryan Dempster and Jason Veritek were my Trojan horses. Those are the guys I really... I also wanted Cousin Yuri, but I couldn't get him. I think he's in jail right now, and I could not get his services. And Jason Veritek was busy. I understood it. So here's Ryan Dempster, the guy with enough balls to say, I'm just going to hit A-Rod because he's a cheater. So I did treat him like my hero because he was my hero because he said yes. And I needed some anti-A-Rod love. And Ryan Dempster was like my, my hero even, for doing it. didn't it. even work. You, you drew a lot of emotion out of me during that interview, so I give you credit. But it was, <laughs> it was a little over the top. Um, but I called about Barkley. Well, real quick before you continue, you are listening to us. Evan and Tiki here on WFAN, WFAN-FM, and WFAN-FMHD1 in New York. Sorry, that was legal. Continue on now, Kevin. I apologize. Question about Barkley. Big picture. If they tag Barkley within the next two weeks, yes, does that mean we're not drafting a quarterback and trading up? That's a good question. Because I think, it's, I think it's counterintuitive. If, if you tag Barkley, you're telling your team and your fans we're in a win-now moment, and I don't think they trade up or draft a quarterback in the first round because that's not a win-now moment. Yeah, I'll so, hang up and yeah that's a good Thank question, you, Kevin. So let me think about this. So if you tag Saquon Barkley – you're locking in. I actually think I actually Kevin. I think it, I think it's the opposite of that, because if you trade, if, if you um, sorry, if you sign Saquon Barkley to the franchise tag, and you lock him in at twelve point five million, let's call it. I forget what the exact number is. Let's, but it's twelve five, which is a big cap hit number for a team that has a thirty free agents in thirty spots that they got to fill. The likelihood of you going and getting a quarterback is actually higher because the quarterback's cap hit is small because he's, he's, he's a rookie, right? And obviously you have a signing bonus and you have all those other things, but it's not going to get like a massive contract to stick on there. I think, I think if they sign Saquon Barkley on the franchise tag, it's for two reasons. One, leadership continuity, and two, to help a young quarterback not have to worry about what the running game looks like. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that works both ways. Right, it, do- it definitely does. It works both ways because if I'm drafting a young quarterback, I want him to have as many tools as possible yeah, so he's in as, position to succeed. You need as many veterans around him as I, possible. I honestly think that if they tag Saquon Barkley in the next two weeks, it gives us zero indication of what they're going to do at quarterback. 
I think it gives us more of an indication of how they feel about Saquon Barkley and that they actually have a confidence they could work out a long-term deal. Because remember, when you tag a guy, you're not saying he's going to play on the tag this year. No. You're doing it to keep everybody away. Now, obviously, you put the non-exclusive tag on him so somebody could actually give up multiple picks. They're not going to do that, as we saw last year. So effectively, you're keeping him away from the open market. And by keeping him away from the open market, you give yourself three options. Option number one is he could play on the tag again. I don't think they'll do that. Option number two is you're just buying yourself time to work out a long-term contract. Yes. And then option number three, which is not the worst, is trading him right. a tag and trade. So that if you do lose him, you're getting something besides just the compensatory pick you would get back right. for losing a free agent. So I don't think their decision to tag him will give us any indication on what their plan is at quarterback. Right, and if they tag him tomorrow... They'll have until July 17th to sign him to a long-term deal. Otherwise, you rescind the tag or he plays on the tag. Right. That's, and rescinding so, the tag is very un- it's rare. rare. Gettleman it's very did rare. it to Josh Norman years and years ago. Yes, he did down in Carolina. I think that's like one of the rare examples of that. Well, that was Josh Norman talking too much. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't Gettleman being Gettleman? Yeah. It's just what I, you never had those conversations with you. You're not there yet because your kids aren't old enough, mm-hmm. but my kid is, at least my 10 year old who thinks she's 20. <laughs> right? You get to the point where I'm just like, Brooklyn, you're better off if you just stop talking. Yes. Right? We're, we're not going to continue the conversation. Just stop talking because it's going to get worse if you, if you keep talking. Yes. Josh Norman was that guy. Interesting. He just kept talking. Speaking of guys that keep on talking, but sometimes I enjoy listening to him. Ozzy and Woodridge. Ozzy. Ozzy, how are you? What's up, everybody? How you doing? Oh, we're great. We're fantastic. Thanks for asking. All right. Three questions from Morash, if I may, and then a kumbaya moment on how he made me thankful for A-Rod. Oh, okay. oh nice. Go ahead. All right. Uh, has President Taylor's grandson seen all four Blue Skirt Family Cups, Sean? <laughs> I'd have to do the math. I would assume uh, yes. No, right. well, get he back, probably didn't remember. He didn't that. remember. He was born in 1928. So yeah, so no, theoretically, he did theoretically, yes, but I doubt it. Yeah, he doesn't remember all of them. He was, okay. he, he was one. Okay. Yeah, interesting. All right, fact check me on that. Yeah, no, you're right. I just did. No, I think you're right. I, I, I got all it out of right. my head already. That was a great first point, Ozzy, by the way. Right. You're off to a wonderful start. Yes. All right, uh, Sean, why didn't you call out Tiki for storming out of the studio on Joe B that time, and you just called out Evan for being a crybaby? Yeah. Go ahead. I agree. No That's a hypocrisy from both of you. Right. You have a problem with me. You have a problem with Tiki. Go kiss ass. Yeah. Because Tiki is somebody I idolized. I would kill myself if I ever idolized you. Right. And I was justified. Okay. And I was justified. That's right. right. I wasn't That's justified. my bad. No, you weren't justified. I was not justified. No, you were a whiny you bratty lost baby. A bet. I know, but you guys were taking unfair shots <laughs> at the Mets and Alex Rodriguez. Any shot. I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up, Ozzy. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, uh, this is going to end kumbaya because Sean may see the light. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But Tom can answer that second question too. Uh, you know. Whenever he wants. No, he give he give the same answer as Sean. They'd insult me and say we respect Tiki so much. <laughs> Some kind of BS answer. Anyhow, go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you think Arod called in on Friday because he wanted to show his selflessness to fulfill a fanboy's fantasy, <laughs> or because he thought that someone in the Yankee brass was going to hear it and he would fulfill his fantasy to make Monument Park and have thirteen retired? <laughs> What do you think his motive was, uh, John? Can I, I answer actually, that? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So I, the real reason he called in is because 
one of my best friends is Ron Berkowitz, who's his PR agent. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the I real said, reason. I said, Ron, get me a ride. Right. He said, all right, cool. <laughs> that's the power of Tiki Barber. He says, yeah. get me this guy. He comes out. <laughs> so, Sean, you owe Tiki one because you were fanboy in big time. You're <laughs> yeah. getting all flushed when you were on the phone with A-Rod. Yeah, he was. It was getting kind of awkward. I, re- I, I, I replayed it 14 there, times. Kumbaya, bro. <laughs> Kumbaya. Yeah. All right. Why, why, do you, why did you appreciate it, Ozzy? All right. Well, Sean made me, a Met fan, grateful for A-Rod on Thursday, on anti-A-Rod day. Because I quote Sean, he, he said about A-Rod, he said, A-Rod was willing to put stuff in his body to give Sean a parade. He didn't care about the side effects. He was willing to do that. He didn't care about the physical side effects. Well, the main side effect caused him to lose the consensus number one on the Cinco de Fatso, J-Lo. And by causing him to lose J-Lo because he's rocking and rolling with a pea shooter now, that prevented the sale to the Mets J-Lo and A-Rod. Build that ass first. Him. Wow. I didn't even think of that. That's very... Yeah, that because he connection. dumped him. Yeah. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. She dumped him because he's rocking a pea shooter. <laughs> the main side effect of Roy Deuce. Wow. That prevented us from having them as med owners. Thank you, Ozzy. That's, that's a thought I never thought. I never thought it of. cleared the way for Steve Cohen. Yeah. It's great. However, if A-Rod and J-Lo on the team, I bet Pete has an extension already. Oh, God. By the way, the Minnesota Timberwolves are first place in the West. That's right. Oh, and we're, we're giving Alex credit for that now? Yeah. I mean... I don't believe in coincidence very often. Oh, <laughs> the best thing that happened to the Mets besides the Will Pond selling was that A-Rod and J-Lo didn't buy the team. Mm-hmm. Because that would have been... Can you imagine how 
chaotic that Well, was. that's my point. Like, yeah. it's nothing against Alex because I think Alex loves baseball. Right. I think he would be passionate about it. I don't know what kind of finances they'd have. Like, I'll tell you right now, the finances would not be well, the Steve Cohen finances. Ultimately, wasn't that the issue that they were they, they were bringing on a couple of extra I think so, yeah. investors? And yeah. It, just, it just got a little complicated. He didn't have the money. I mean, of very course, few I mean, people do. Who does? No, no, Steve Cohen <laughs> does. So besides the questions about the finances, the other thing would have been this breakup. Like, they were buying a team together. Like, can you imagine what the hell would have happened if now all of a sudden they call off the wedding, they're yeah. not together anymore, Ben Affleck's here? Like, that just, I don't even know what would have happened, but all I know is that it probably wouldn't have been good. J-Lo would get the Mets during the week, and A-Rod would get the Mets on the weekend, like yeah. a divorce, and, and that, it's a child. And that works out incredibly well. <laughs> like, all I know is I know that was a convoluted way. For Ozzy to say, thankfully, A-Rod did steroids. Like, somehow that affected that, and this affected this, and then he's not the owner. But I do appreciate the effort. I thought it was a very, very good effort. And I do want to answer Sean's question, because he asked me earlier, he made a very strong accusation against me, that the banner we hung up on Friday, which was right behind us, the 13 banner, is no longer here. I have found out where it is. Okay. I have retrieved it. And what we need to figure out as a show is where we're hanging it. It doesn't really work behind us where we had it for the ceremony. No, so, me and Tiki got to figure it out. Do you have it figured out? Yeah, we're taking on the Pete Alonso signed picture. Right <laughs> well, first of all, it's a signed autographed jersey in which Pete writes to me and Craig, thank you for being part of the charity event that we did. Great. You think that yeah. should just come down? Charity event. I'd say, look, I think Pete did great work, you and Craig. Bottom line is this. He's basically shown he's probably on his way out of New York. His jersey needs to come down. You could take it home, do whatever you want with it. This is the Evan and Tiki show now, not the <laughs> Carter Roberts show now. We're putting up the A-Rod Day banner. Where did you get the power to just decide that? Like, it was just your decision. Just gave him a little bit of a power. Gave That's him a it? little bit of a, a, a window to crawl through. And all right, you know what? I'll agree. If all control. three of you, and that includes Loogie, says that's what we should do with it, then I'll accept it. But, Tiki, do you think that's what we should do? Oh, can we hang my picture first? <laughs> your picture? <laughs> I have my picture. It's, like, right there. I've been sitting there Oh, that's the right. Floor. There's a Tiki. Wait, wait, wait. Hey. Yeah, we did can you, hang that up. Did you walk that in there as a subtle hint that we've been waiting to hang it up? It's been sitting there. <laughs> Uh, no, it's been sitting there for uh, two years. <laughs> Has it? I haven't even noticed it, but you're right. There's a painting of Tiki Barber. It's been in here for at least two years. All right, so you want to hang that up, and you want to put the A-Rod banner up where the Pete Alonzo jersey is? Yes. And, Sean, I know you want that. You're all right with that? Movie? I don't think so. We're That's not covering up Pete Alonzo's jersey. No shot. Then you've been outvoted. Well, Sorry. Luckily, I guess we'll have to figure out a different place for it. Luckily, Tiki's name is Tiki Barber, so his vote counts for two, so we win. No, that's not how it works, because the whole pickleball thing, I got overruled, and that got us in this mess in the first place. I'm not, you know, doing this again. Yeah, I'm with him. We'll hang it somewhere else. We're not taking Pete down. Mm. I mean, I'll give you this. I'll make you this deal. I'm 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 surprised you're not giving Al Cintron a vote here. No, no, I'm going to give you a deal, and I don't think Lugie's going to like it, but I'll give you a deal. I made a declaration that Pete Alonso would extend with the New York Mets. It's why I have this gorilla growing on my face. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's our cat growing on my face. As well as your hair. What animal should I use for growing on my face? Mm. Not a lobster, because I don't have hair. A ferret. Chin- chinchilla. So I already good. used ferret. Cat. Skunk. Gorilla. Porcupine. Skunk. Porcupine. 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 I like that one. I got a porcupine growing on my face. I'll make this declaration <laughs> to the man from Milwaukee and to Scott Boris. All right? I love Pete. I hope Pete's a Met forever. And I will cherish that jersey that he signed to me and Craig. And by the way, to Craig if he's listening, it ain't yours anymore. You've been gone. You haven't claimed it. And possession is 75% of the law.
Okay, so you talk about divorces, it's mine. We'll start with that. Got that out of the way. If Pete Alonso doesn't extend by opening day, it comes down. I agree with you. Screw it. If we don't get an extension by opening day, the Pete Alonso jersey hanging in this studio is gone. And the A-Rod banner goes up and the tiki painting goes up. And I accept that if I made myself clear. Okay, you have. I don't think it's horrible. I do think it's a very tough to track how many things we have going on with a Pete Alonso extension at this point. <laughs> uh, but the A-Rod banner is not waiting till opening day to get rehung. So it's got to get hung somewhere, even if we leave the Alonso thing. Mm. You can't do it. It's A-Rod day. It's not A-Rod day for a day. It's A-Rod day forever. All right. I will talk to the person that stole it because I they reached out to me. I know who did it. They have it. Okay. And I now have possession right, of it. So let me know when you go find it. And I here. promised to not tell... Anybody that Al Cintron would do that as a weekend host. But I will mm. keep that between us. Okay. Just me and him, that he had nothing to do with taking that banner <laughs> down. Don't worry, Al. Secret safe with me. Steve is down in Florida. How are you, Steve? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Evan, dude, I got to call you out. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Like, I don't mind being called out. Hate- the Knicks hatred, I get it. You're a legit Nets fan. You're a legit NBA fan. That's fine. The Ranger hatred, it just. And I'm disappointed no one's made this point yet today. Yeah. Your Ranger hatred just feels so manufactured. Like, dude, you watch maybe 10 hockey games a year. You're not a real Islander fan. I've about, you're not a real hockey fan. About, about, about 12 games a year. I've actually counted it out. You're right. But I've always made that clear, which is why I can't be a fraud. Because I've always said I like hockey. But I'm a real front runner. Like when the Islanders are in the playoffs, I watch every single game. But during the regular season, it's more when basketball isn't on. So I've made that absolutely clear. So how could you be a fraud when you're brutally honest? You know what I mean? I I, I guess. I got you. I stumped you. (laughs) Now, hockey's my fourth sport. And I've always made this very clear, too. I find it really difficult. For anybody, and that's why I wonder about Sean, and I wonder about a buddy of mine, uh, his name is AJ, who happens to be a Nick Islander fan. I wonder how you could be diehard for both. I don't see how you could do it. There's not enough time in the day. So the way I am is I watch the Islanders probably 10 to 12 regular season games a year. I think his estimate was spot on. Playoff time, complete fraud, watch every game. Yeah. And my boiling hatred for the Rangers is just this collective hatred I have for Madison Square Garden. In fact, some days I wonder if I actually dislike the Rangers more than I actually like the Islanders. Yeah. So he's sort of right, but really wrong. It's one thing to have elite fandom for a team. It's another to have interest and understanding. Because if you were to ask me, my two sports would be football and soccer. Right. Right, but it's like baseball I watch and I enjoy hockey. I don't watch a ton of, but now I am that I'm a Devils fan. It's just you get into it. Yeah. But you, you really have to have time. And no the problem doubt. is it's hard to have time. It is. That's why this is going to be a great year if the Islanders can make the playoffs. Because guess what? The Nets aren't. So you got my full attention, baby. All right. An extra little week for Evan. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I have the animal for you. That's all growing on my face. Go yes. ahead. A Markor goat. A Markor? Markor goat. A Markor goat? M-A-R-K-H-O-R. Why don't I just say goat? Markor. Why do I have to add the Markor? Because the goat is different than a Markor. It's a specific goat. He's right. specific goat. Does the Markor grow more hair? It it looks like your beard. Interesting. He's actually right. Markor. So this is a profitable rabbit hole. I'll use use it the next time I... This is what I do. The next time I talk about the thing growing on my face, I'll bring that up. Just say Markor. Don't say goat. Just say Markor. I got got a damn Markor... Growing on my face. <laughs> you got it. And people will be like, what in the hell is he talking about? You and it'll it will force them to educate themselves. There you go. We have a Yankee legend <laughs> joining us in the next half hour. Find out who. Plus more of your calls at 877-337-6666. And new information's come to light that may prove that Kyle Shanahan 
screwed up more royally in the Super Bowl than we even realized. A very busy Monday here in New York City on President's Day. Ranger fans taking their bows for winning their February Stanley Cup yesterday at MetLife Stadium. Saquon Barkley may get tagged, and tomorrow we may find out. The two-week window begins tomorrow, and we'll talk to a Yankee legend coming up in the next 20 minutes. But I don't know if you heard this. I must have missed this right after the Super Bowl, but Kyle Shanahan did an interview right before he met the media in which it sounds an awful like Kyle Shanahan had no idea how the overtime rules work. Hmm. Now, we know that his players had no idea because his players admitted they had no idea. But both you guys, Tiki and Sean, I think made an assumption. Ah, but he knew. And that's really all that matters. Well, I want to play this interview with Evan Washburn. And you tell me if Kyle Shanahan knew the overtime rules. Is there anything right now that you feel like was the difference down the stretch? Um, I mean, love to score a touchdown there at the end. Knock it, pat another chance. Had our opportunity to get him off the field on four down. We didn't. Um, Passed on that a bunch. Stop uh, he right does it there. almost all the time. Did you hear what he just said? Any regrets? And he said, yeah, I wish we scored a touchdown so he didn't give Pat another chance. If they scored a touchdown, Pat okay. was still getting so, so another chance. Let me, let me remember this. <laughs> so what was the 49ers penultimate possession in that's the, not in, what he was saying i know though. i know but in the regular in the regular court in the regular like the fourth quarter yeah they kicked the field goal they kicked the field goal yes so maybe he's talking because what were they 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 you know, kicked away they, they pat would have had to score a touchdown yeah but here's why that's not the case that's, it can't be the case. it can't be the case because he mentioned stopping pat on fourth down there was no fourth down opportunity on that chief field goal drive at the end of regulation right, let me hear he this is again. clearly talking about overtime let me hear it again. and doesn't know the rules is there anything right now that you feel like was the difference down the stretch um i mean Love to score a touchdown there at the end. Knock it, Pat, another chance. Had our opportunity to get him off the field on four down. We didn't. Um, Pat's done that a bunch. Bang. Uh, he does it almost all the time. So uh, it was a hard battle, hard, hard fought game. Um, went a lot like we thought it would go. Had yeah. our chances there and didn't get it done. That's a guy who doesn't understand the overtime rules. Yeah. Tell me where I'm lying. No, you're not. He, he's, he's I, I don't know, whether it's in the moment or he just is completely underwear, unaware. Now, you want to tell me he misspoke? And that's not what he actually meant, because when he did get to the press conference, he understood the overtime rules because he said, hey, it was the possession game like we talked about right after the yes. ball. But this is the interview prior to the press conference. Yeah. And based on that answer, Kyle Shanahan had no idea how overtime rules Right, works. Evan Washburn is the sideline reporter, so he caught him on the field. Before he got into the, to I the think first it was round. right as he got into the dressing room area, and yeah. they do that losing head coach interview. So he's off the field, but it's prior yeah. to doing the press conference. So would you agree with my assessment that yeah. Kyle Shannon I mean, Mitzi knows it, nothing about it, the rules? It sounded like it. I mean, the only thing I could guess is if he scores a touchdown, then it there's there's no way to make it like right. No, nah, there's no way to make it. Right. <laughs> there's no way to other than just saying he perceptually make it right. There's no way unless he misspoke. Which I don't think he did. I think he's very aware. He's very smart, Kyle Shanahan. Mm -hmm. So he knows exactly what he's saying. And he just didn't know the rule. And it's it's not surprising yeah. because his players didn't know the rule. That's a problem. Kyle yeah. Juszczyk said, I, I didn't know that if, yes. they, if we score a touchdown that they still get a chance. At 429 on February 19th, I must bend the knee and admit, I think Evan's right. <laughs> yes. I'm done fighting about this right. a week later. Right. Now I still think he made the right call accidentally. 
I still would have taken the ball, but I would have gone for two. That being said, it is it is now very hard to defend. Kyle so Shanahan. if Kyle Shanahan didn't know the rule of overtime, if that statement you just heard mm-hmm. in that interview with Evan Washburn, if you don't believe he misspoke and you take what he said at face value that we just played for you and you all accept, wow, a head coach in the Super Bowl did not know the rules of overtime, I ask you a much more difficult question. Mm-hmm. Is that a fireable offense? No. <laughs> no. It's close. No. It's close. He's, he's, he's a damn good head coach, but that good, is that's close. He's too good of a head coach to fire him over. They know the rules of overtime. Yeah, but you know the rules of overtime. Did, did nobody know the rules of overtime? We, we knew that. Come on. I'm he's talking, a head coach. No, no, no. I'm talking NFL. about did nobody on his staff know the rules of overtime? I don't know. I don't know what they knew. All right, I, there, there had to be some conversation about this. There had to have been. Like when you get into overtime and you're going out, I don't know, whatever it was, three minutes or five minutes before they go out and they flip the coin, there had to have been conversation about the overtime rules. And if not, then that's a that's an indictment on the hiring. Like, they don't have a, a game management guy. Mm. Now, maybe Kyle's ego is is such that he thinks he doesn't need one, but every team has a game management guy mm. that tells you, right, this go for two here, or uh, it, that was a challenge, that one. They Every team has that guy. Yeah. So I can't imagine that... Kyle didn't know, and then they, whoever was hired to do this job or they don't even have this job didn't know. Here's what I am curious about, and I understand that Sean agreed with the decision. I don't want to refight the decision to take the ball first because yes. that's irrelevant here. If the New York Giants had just lost the Super Bowl and we had this damning evidence against Brian Dable for not knowing the rules of overtime, still did a great job, still got into the Super Bowl. Not fireable. Not fireable. Would it be fireable, Sean? <laughs> I'm going to say not fireable. <laughs> you, don't, yeah. you don't even mean it. You don't even well, mean it. Well, because it would bother the hell out of me. Of yeah. course it would. However, I still have to say Kyle Shanahan took a team with Mr. Irrelevant to the Super Bowl and has built up a super team. I get and this that. can be a very easy learning experience. And Andy Reid is the poster child of learning experiences and bad moments Good in the playoffs. Point. So. It would bother the hell out of me. I would have to try to be prisoner of the moment, but I would still say not fireable. You would probably never be able to look at Brian Dayball the same way again. Well, but, no, until he won a championship. Exactly. Well, of course. Yeah. You win a championship, you solve all, but I think that that would be a frame of reference you would use forever to describe him. Every little thing, whether it comes to challenges, time management, yes. clock management, now becomes under a bigger microscope of Kyle Shanahan as it would with Dayball. Well, I mean, it's interesting because Kyle, as good as he is as a coach, every big moment that he's had, all it's done is create another question. Mm. Right? Yeah. Same thing with yeah. when when he was in Atlanta. Obviously, Super Bowl 54, the first time they played the camp, it, it creates more questions every single time. Now, and they're different questions. Of course. We are fair and balanced around here. So even though I got Tiki agreeing with me and Sean agreeing with me that Kyle Shanahan's quote proves he didn't know the overtime rule, there is a dent dissenting opinion. I am curious to hear it. And Matt in Connecticut represents the dissenting opinion. So, Matt, what are we hearing wrong? That sounds like a guy that didn't know the rule of overtime. No, I hear you. I think that what you guys are missing is he says at the end. So he's talking about the end of the game. If the Niners on their last drive had scored a touchdown, Mm -hmm. then Mahomes would have had to score a touchdown and not kick a field goal. So he says we could have stopped them on fourth down. So you I get what you're saying. You know what the problem is? It's a stretch. Hmm. Like, maybe, but we're stretching to find out what he meant 
to make it seem like he understands the rule. You're creating a fake fourth down situation that never occurred. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. You know this what I mean? Because there was no fourth down. They kicked the field goal because there was no time left. This game is not even a week old, and yeah. I've kind of forgotten it already. <laughs> <laughs> but that you know, hockey I mean, game I'm, took it all out no, of you. No, I'm just saying, like the like the the possessions. <laughs> like a week ago, I knew every possession. Oh no, no, they they kicked a field goal on fourth and four from the Kansas City 36. Okay, they gave the ball back to Mahomes, who marched down the field and led the game tying drive to tie it. In overtime, they got stopped short, had to kick a field goal. And then remember, they had Mahomes on a fourth and one from the 34-yard line, but they couldn't stop him. In overtime. In overtime. Yes. So when I hear fourth down, I'm assuming he then means overtime. Our last caller, maybe in an attempt to defend Kyle Shanahan, is saying, no, what he really meant is the fictitious fourth down that never happened at the end of regulation. And it adds up because if the Niner players don't know, and if you can question his decision, Kyle Shanahan, in overtime, it adds up. That does add to it, it yes. all, all the pieces come together that this guy had absolutely no idea. They didn't now, prepare for it. They didn't know about it. And he made a wrong decision you could debate in overtime. But what I did hear is that by the time he got to the press conference, he did understand the rules because when he was asked about receiving the ball, he gave an answer that made sense even if I disagree with it. An answer that Sean agrees with, it, which is, hey, we score, they score, we get the ball back, which I get. I don't agree with it, but I get it. So sometime between the interview with Washburn and sitting down at the press conference, someone must have told him, hey, coach, yeah, do you understand how overtime works? Somebody mm. smartened him up so he didn't look like an idiot after the Super Bowl. That's what happened. He had no idea, and someone had to tell him so that when he's getting interviewed, he doesn't, you know, people aren't calling for his job. I understand, but our last caller, Matt, thinks we're all wrong, that just, we're taking the quote yeah, out of context. And let's, and let's not forget, like, when he said that down there at the end, I wish we would have scored a touchdown. They weren't close. Right. They were on the Kansas City 35. Right. You know where they, they were close? A, at, in overtime. They kicked a 53-yard field just, goal. They were close in overtime because they had a fourth and four from the Kansas City 9. Yeah. That's when they were close. I just can't grasp this part of it. Tiki alluded to it. This day and age where you have your analytics guys, right. your so challenge guys, guys. Right. all these different people in your headset, how does not one guy, the moment the game's ending, all right, Kyle, refresher, here's how overtime works. How is that not possible? I, yeah. it's, a, it's a fair question. And overtime, their drive was on the nine. So yeah. over there in the, at the end, we got down. I wish we scored a touchdown. Yeah. He wasn't close to scoring a touchdown no. on his last possession. Not at the end of regulation. Hmm. Let us go to my hometown of Woodmere, New York, where David is there. Hi, David. How's Woodmere, by the way? How's it, how's it been? Uh, no complaints. Good. Oh, good. Good. But we know you're, you're a legend around here. <laughs> I don't know about that, but thank you. What's up, man? I'm good. So I just wanted to talk about uh, last year I thought the Rangers may have had their moment when uh, DeAndre Miller scored that goal with under a second left. I think it was against Dallas. Mm-hmm. That felt like that was the moment last year. I know. Sean said the same thing. He said he was going to put that on the Blu-ray as well, and obviously that didn't work out because the Rangers choked right. against the Devils. Yeah, Right. And then the other thing is I really I, – I think I'd like – this is for Sean. I know if you think this is possible, if the Rangers could maybe bring back the Toronto I thought at the trade deadline because I thought he was huge in that. Even though they didn't yep. win the Cubs. Frank I thought Petrano. he was he, he, Frank Petrano. I thought he scored some huge goals. For them, and they need a you know, they really need a guy other than those top guys like the manager and Kreider who could put the puck in the net. That's a good question. You think Frankie P should come back, Sean? Yeah, I think? think with Henrique, and by the way, you know, me and Lugie in discussions, you might do a full hour on the Lugauer and the NHL trade deadline when that day comes up, mm-hmm. kind of like your Royal Rumble. Show. By the way, so, the 
March NHL 8th, by trade the way. deadline. I was going to say it's like mid March, but yeah. not mid March. March eighth. They do that later on purpose to try to generate more buzz ahead of the playoffs. Yeah. No, I get you. I'm excited for the NHL trade deadline, even though honestly I'll have no idea who's being traded. Get ready for a lot of glass breaking that day. No, I can't wait. And then you have to explain who everybody <laughs> is. Will there, will there be a lot of moves? Yes. There. I I believe it will be a more active I mean, deadline I mean, than the for, NBA for the three here. The three well, teams here. The Islanders are at a crossroads. The they, Islanders have a big decision to make. I mean, it really yeah. is. It's not an easy one because they're only five points out of a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't blow, you know, late leads all season long, they should be in a playoff spot. Right. Again, I said it earlier. So 14 overtime losses. That's 14. what I'm saying. So they have Lou has a tough decision to make on are we buying? Yeah. Are we selling? Are we being kind of neutral in this whole thing? The Rangers are clearly a buy team. They're trying to win a Stanley Cup this year. And they've had a couple big injuries. Now, the Rangers are probably two trades at least, depending on their caps. But you hear what that Ranger fan said before he was breaking down the trade market? He said he had a moment last year, too. It was a moment when Keandre Miller scored that game-winning goal with less than a second to go, and he had that same vision that Sean had yesterday at MetLife Stadium, the vision of, oh, this is such an amazing win. And you want to know why he had that vision? Because in hockey and in all sports, sometimes you get great wins. That doesn't mean you're winning a championship. Yep, that's true. That moment didn't happen to cause a seven-game win streak the longest of the year, and that moment didn't happen in front of 80,000 people. So because 80,000 people were there, that game mattered more? Because I think the players— Really? Because I think the players, and they all said at the game, it felt more significant to them on the ice. It felt like a bigger game. when the Mets play the Yankees in the Subway Series, Mm. what are you breathing about? Because I have a checkmate for you, and you're not going to like me after I say it. Okay. Is it matter more if you win the belt at WrestleMania in front of 80,000 people, (laughs) or it's, you know, SummerSlam in front of 10,000? Move on. No, I don't think it matters at all. Mr. WrestleMania, you could do all the main events. You no. love WrestleMania. It doesn't matter no. more because there's no. 80,000. Yes. No, I think yes. the most significant, I'll show you why you're wrong here. I think the two biggest title changes in the history of the WWE, in my humble opinion, are Hulk Hogan beating the Iron Sheik, which happened at a house show at Madison Square Garden. Uh. 30 years ago, or 40, Okay, I'm just giving okay. you my answer. And the other significant title change is when our tribal chief, Roman Reigns became the Universal Champion, not putting the two titles together, the Universal Champion, which he did at a pay-per-view I don't even know the name of. (laughs) Like, literally, I can't think of it. I know that he won it there, and it was in, like, August of 2020. It is wrestling. So, uh, no, no, but he brought it up. The internet exploded because Cody wasn't going to finish his story WrestleMania at Max. Hold on, I'm giving you my answer. Okay, my answer is those are the two biggest title changes in the history of pro wrestling. According Neither to you. App- okay, yeah. my opinion. Yeah. But well, I'm giving e- you my opinion all day today. But I think Evan's point, and I'm defending him Thank here, you. is that you're talking about a title change. He's talking about a regular season game. Oh, that too. 55. We're talking about game a regular. I'm just talking about a win at WrestleMania, whatever. The fact that there were 80,000 people there, that was like the Super Bowl no. for hockey fans. No. Yes. No, it wasn't. Yeah, yesterday was WrestleMania for Rangers. No, here's mm-hmm. where you guys are wrong about this, and I'm saying but this is the no non- value, But there's no value in the win other than the, two, other than the points. But what I'm telling you is I believe in front of that crowd that like that is something that you channel and you cling on to in the postseason and go, we've been here before. Okay. We're behind. You guys this have said big. you guys have said so many things that I just want to spike down on the ground in the last minute. I gotta like get my head straight. So I'll start with the last thing you said. How many times have the Rangers lost a stadium series or winter classic game in one of those big, beautiful stadiums? Never, How many? never. They've never. They've won five, I think, five oh and oh. Yeah. Okay. How many times have they won the Stanley Cup after winning one of those big games? <laughs> None. 
I'm sorry, what was that? None. Okay, so let's put that point away. Okay. That's stupid. Okay, that's how number many, one. How many of them did number they come two. Back from two goals with four minutes oh, left. Oh, 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 that okay. matters? Yeah, it does. All right, let me get matters. to his dopey point because I've already addressed <laughs> it. Can I just say one more opinion? thing beforehand? You've already yeah. said enough. The, Ran- <laughs> the Rangers had their WrestleMania moment yesterday. Okay, and they didn't win anything. They won a regular season game. And here's the other thing for the casual hockey fan, which, by the way, I admit I am. Like, I admit that. Hockey is my fourth sport. Do I watch it? Yes. Do I pay attention to it? Yes. Am I watching every game the way I do the Nets and Knicks? No, I do not. I, I will always acknowledge it. Now, I always know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I know everything about this Islander season if I'm not watching every game, but they are clearly my fourth sport. So if you want to call me cash hockey, I'll own that because I am. And yet I was locked in on a Sunday afternoon. So you know who was the Super Bowl for? People like me. For the diehard fan in our audience, they're watching every game anyway. They've got three more games against the Islanders this season, two of which are at Madison Square Garden. Those games count. Those games are important. Okay? So when you say this is the Super Bowl for the hockey fan, you're being disrespectful to the hockey fan. I didn't because say Super the Bowl. hockey fan, Boomer, and he could pump this game up as much as he wants, watches every Ranger game. Okay? So I, I would think every game matters to him. I, I wouldn't think this one's just going to matter more. And what was his opinion on yesterday? On- the same BS, oh, that we won, great. There was no screw the Ranger button, yay, I'm happy. I mean, you know, the typical boomer oh, opinion, he's Evan, happy, as he should be. And I know this isn't a part of it, for the 80,000 people that were there that have all been to a ton of Ranger games like I have, yesterday was a completely different feel. And here's why you're wrong about that. I go as a hypocrite to every Met Yankee game, Tiki, every one of them. Mm-hmm. Always sold out, always <laughs> electric, but I'm there. But I realize when I leave that stadium... It's just any other game. And guess what? Because they play the very next night against oh, the same team. Baseball's 162 <laughs> games. You know that's different. The bottom line is big crowd, big atmosphere, more people watching. It's not just and that guess they what? Won it's it. the same. It's a regular. Dude, you want a regular season hockey game. They it was won. so cool. There were so many people there. Big freaking deal. Effie. You got two points. Okay? Two. That's Evan. what you got. You didn't get six points. You didn't get nine points. You didn't get five points. You got two. Evan. All right? So take your bows later. They scored two goals to tie a game with their goalie pulled late. I'm Don't aware. act like that's an every night occurrence in the NHL. It's an every night occurrence when you watch. In overtime. It, they scored three goals in four minutes and ten seconds to come back and win a game versus yeah. their arch rival in front of 80,000 people. It's not the same as the Subway Series where they play the next the night. The same New York Islander team who's ranked where on penalty kill this season? Where are they? Why don't you remind us okay. for the audience yeah, that doesn't know. Where the, the hell league? are they? Where's you still have a great goalie. You can make a save on Mika Zibanejad in the corner. Don't poo-poo the moment because you're not a Ranger fan. We won our title belt yesterday, and we get to kiss that thing and use what we learned yesterday and go hoist the cup. There's the evidence, Tiki. Mm-hmm. The title belt. They get title belts now for the winning regular season belt. games. Yep. Yeah. They won the stadium series belt yesterday. There you go. They, they won a title belt. Did Tiki. they actually give you something? No. Okay, so they give you a hangover. Take your two points and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you know who got a title belt this weekend? Seriously, you want to talk about title belts? Somebody at UFC? No, Steph Curry got a title belt Uh for beating our girl Sabrina in that three-point challenge. Mm, They gave him a freaking title belt. Did they really? Yeah. I didn't watch a second. Dude, I was glued to that. (laughs) It was the best part of the All-Star Weekend. Nor did I watch anything else in the All-Star Weekend. I watched none of the slam dunk contest. I watched none of uh, Jalen Brunson choking the three-point contest. Didn't see any of that. Who won the slam dunk contest? Uh, Mac McClung, a G League player, which is all you need to know about the... uh, What? Second year in a row, Mac McClung. Can't get an NBA job, but he wins the slam dunk contest every year. <laughs> That's all you need to know. And why are we supposed to care? I don't care. All okay, I cared about like, was Steph against I mean. Sabrina. I thought that so, was cool. So a G League player wins a slam dunk competition. That's right. Think of how asinine that is. Yeah. Because 
even if he was awesome and people were like, oh, I'd love to watch him, they can't. That's right. Because he's in the G League. You got it right. No, you nailed all of it. Jeez. Joining us right now, a Yankee legend. And before you know it, you're going to hear his voice again. And what I did not know about this Yankee legend is he's got his own beer. And by me telling you the beer name, every Yankee fan listening is going to say, oh, I know who it is. And, of course, we're talking about Warrior 21. It's an IPA beer, and we're joined by the Warrior himself, the great Paul O'Neill. Paul, Tiki Barber, Evan Roberts, how are you? Guys, how are you? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's good. I'm still in Florida, and it's, it's, Tiki, as you know, as soon as the Super Bowl is over, man, it's time to start baseball. Yeah, it definitely is, and play some golf as well while you're down there. So t- hold on. Before we get started baseball, because we'll get to it in a second, Tell me about this beer. Like, is it is it heavy? Is it is it going to knock me on my ass? It's, it is no, an IPA, I, right? It, Tell me you know about what? it. It's so funny because I didn't drink when I played. And then all of a sudden I started to, you know, have a, a beer once in a while. And I fell in love with IPAs. Yeah. I thought, man, these me are too. so good. Me too. And I was introduced to a guy, Wolf and, Wolf and Warrior Brewery in White Plains. And he talked about, let's do this. And, and I started tasting some of the recipes, and he kept going through batches. And finally, he hit one. I said, this is it. This is this. And now I've become like a beer snob. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't drink anything hey, uh, but that. Hey, Paul, it's a really, you, really hey, bud? northeast uh, <laughs> no. IPA. And what makes it northeast is some of the hops are made in right. the northeast, which give it a, a distinct flavor. Uh, believe me, I, I give it a shot. You'll love it. Right. I get I get those questions all the time. Hey, you want a light beer? I'm like, no, nah, I'll take water instead. Give me an IPA. <laughs> give, me, give me an IPA. How soon after retiring did you say, let me, let me see what this beer lifestyle is like. Let me drink a couple of beers. Well, you know, your lifestyle does change. I mean, yeah. you, you start eating dinner at home every day and, and things <laughs> like that. And, you know, you, you start filling, uh, you know, things that you didn't do when you played. And, again, uh, I wasn't a drinker, and now I, I, I enjoy this IPA for dinner. And it's just uh, – it's kind of, you know, just a, a different uh, chapter. But um, it it's been a lot of fun to be part of this. Uh, to see, uh, you know, the brewmaster, Michael, I, I told you, in White Plains, he's so passionate about these things. I mean, he looks like a scientist down there with the vats. They have to <laughs> bubble for so long and can it now and hold it off there. And it's just that's a little beyond what I understand. But I know once it's made and once it's out, um, I haven't tasted one that I like any better. Yeah, no, it, it is a process. Those guys are artists. Again, that's a Warrior 21 IPA. Go check it out. It's Wolf and Warrior. Up in uh, Evans' neck of the woods. Yep. All right, you're down there in Florida. Uh, the Yankees are just starting camp. The, the guy who, I mean, obviously Soto and Judge and all those guys are are interesting, but I'm 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 so curious about Giancarlo Stanton and his weight loss and his leanness and what that's going to mean. Have you gotten a chance to see him yet? Yeah, I did see a picture. Somebody sent it to me, and he does. Uh... He does look a little bit different, but you know, I, I remember having a conversation with him at the end of the year, and uh, you know, the the only goal in the off season was to train to to do something different to to get yourself the ability to to go out on the field every single day and give the Yankees, you know, five or six hundred at bats where he can help this team. And you know, he obviously has put the work in. I'm sure it has a lot to do with more flexibility. Uh where, you know, when you take the field, you're not walking on pins and needles whether I'm gonna get hurt doing yeah. this or doing that. Do you do you think power is gonna suffer? 
I don't think so. I, I, I think that, you know, if you watch his swing, he doesn't use a lot uh, of yeah. his legs, anything. He just kind of stands still. He just have that, that gift of bat speed and the, able, uh, the, the ability to hit the ball pretty much harder than anybody in the game of baseball. So, um, you know, it, it, it's just about comfort. Uh, obviously, injuries, they set you back. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he's anxious to get the year going where, um, you know, the hard work in the offseason – uh, can pay off. And, and, and you know, you got to remember this guy's what, 34 years old? It's not like he's 40 years old or something. I mean, he has good years left in him if he can stay healthy. We're talking to the great Paul O'Neill. I remember, so when you were playing, there would be a big addition every once in a while. Roger Clemens coming off of that 98 season. I remember they had a Chuck Knobloch. Yankee fans are enthralled. They're pumped up about Juan Soto. What does it do to the room when a star player is added? Like, would you guys be excited when you were coming to camp and you knew there was another star player that George added to the roster? Yeah, it, it kind of lets you know that the organization is, uh, you know, wants to win as much as you do. Because there's so many sports teams out there now that are, you know, run as businesses where if they win, great. If they lose, ah, we'll get them next year. Well, you know, that's not the Yankee mentality. And that's why I always had so much respect for Mr. Steinbrenner, because once we started winning, you know, he kept those teams together. He overpaid for players to keep those teams together, to bring in guys. He would bring in Justice, or he brought in Cecil Fielder. And you mentioned Clemens, David Cohn. These guys came in, and you continually felt like the organization was on the same page. So, uh, I guarantee when, you know, Otani signed with the Dodgers, a lot of the Yankees, you know, were sitting there, what are we going to do? Well, they did something big and, and bringing in Juan Soto, yep. who, you know, at his age and, you know, it, the one year and done, I don't see that uh, that's an issue. I think that things go well. He has a good year. He's liked by the team and the fan base. Uh, I think you're going to see him be a Yankee for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, and you talk about that, Paul, it's, it's back, you know, in the, George Steinbrenner days when you were when you were there, it felt like if you needed to pay a guy, you were just going to pay a guy. Why mm-hmm. is that harder now for big market teams like the Yankees? Not really the Mets because Steve Cohen came in with all the money, but specifically with the Yankees, why is it harder? Is it because there's more competition? Is it because the number is just exorbitantly big? Like why is it so much? It at least feels to us like it's so much harder than it used to be. Well, there there are, you know, numbers that they want to stay under. And, and obviously, every time you think that uh, you've seen the, the, a top salary in, in any sport, mm-hmm. two years later, you're, you're scratching your head because it's doubled again. Right? <laughs> it, it just continues to go up. So it's just not like uh, you can just go out and buy every all-star you want because of the money in the game. But um, uh, you, you want a superstar in New York. Uh, you have one in Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole. Now you've added another one. So, you know, you, you, you have star power. And, you know, the Yankees are, are a team that uh, has been known for some of the greatest players that ever played the game and a lot of World Series. And they want to continue to do that. And uh, to do that, you've got to bring in good players. And uh, when you bring in star players, you're going to pay a lot of money for them. Well, they did bring in a big one. Juan Soto is tremendous. And I think one of the big questions that Aaron Boone's already been asked is, hey, where does Soto hit? Where does Judge hit? What we know is one will hit two, one will hit three. You, when I think of you, especially during the prime of your career, I think of you batting third. Did you have mm-hmm. a preference? Was that something that you preferred over anywhere in the other, uh, other spot in the order? Well, I I loved hitting third, and I, I thought it was an honor to hit third. And I remember the first time that I hit, I, I got called into the office by Buck Showalter, 
and I was hitting fifth at the time and, you know, I was hitting really well. And he said, I'm putting you third and I'm putting Mattingly fifth. And I was almost embarrassed. I mean, this is Don <laughs> Mattingly. Are you kidding me? But, um, if I made this lineup up, uh, I, I think I would put Soto second and I think I would have Aaron judge hit third. Right. I, I think that Soto's on base percentage and the protection of Aaron judge is going to help both of them because, uh, Aaron Judge is going to be able to hit with a lot of uh, with Soto on base a lot, and Soto is going to get the protection to see pitches from Judge. So, in my mind, uh, that uh, you know, two of the premier hitters in the American League in the same lineup, and if you can put Stanton behind Judge and he's uh, back to where he was, then you've got uh, you know three or four bats, uh, you know, innings that pitchers are going to have to really worry about. You know, Paul, when you came to the Yankees after coming with the Reds and the core four was there, you know this, you guys won a lot of championships, and so much of it was not what we saw, right? It's not what was on the field. It was like a chemistry and a camaraderie and a, I don't know, just a, a togetherness. Do you feel like this Yankee team has that? It feels like there's disparate spots, pieces, right? Rizzo comes in, and then obviously Judge is there, but now Soto's there. Stanton, and the pitching staff has now been made over a little bit. Does it feel yet like this team has that intangible, that chemistry? Well, I think that they have the tradition. They know the tradition of New York. Uh, they know what's going on as far as uh, you know, salary-wise or at the top of the game. Yeah. Uh, behind the Dodgers, obviously, but you know it, it's uh, it's very hard to say what happens in the clubhouse. You know, for me to to sit and say what you know what they're saying or what they're doing, or does it compare to the the, the '90s teams? Right. I, I really can't tell yeah, you. But, I know that. But how important Aaron was Judge that to you, the leader of this team? And um, when you bring in a star player, uh, you know Juan Soto's not expected to carry this lineup. Uh, he's expected to be who he is. Mm. And that's almost a relief. I mean, when you're a star player and you come into an organization, um, you know, look back at, at when A-Rod went to Texas, you know, you, $250 million never heard of. But <laughs> you can't it, – It's uh, baseball is not a sport where you can just carry a whole team. And uh, it, that's, that's what happens. And uh, the Yankees have put together a team on paper. Uh, if healthy, and that's the big if in every organization, if healthy is is going to be as good as anybody. Yeah. We're talking to the great Paul O'Neill. So we have a coworker here who last week spearheaded A-Rod Day. He wanted to honor Alex Rodriguez since he hasn't had that honor yet from the Yankees, and he wants his number retired, number 13. As somebody who has his number retired, you are honored with that distinct <laughs> honor from the New York Yankees. Do you think the Yankees should retire A-Rod's number? You know what? All I know is A-Rod was one of the better players of his generation, uh, bar none. I mean, he was as good as anybody. Uh, but, you know, what? if you break up his career, you know, he's with the Yankees, with Texas, with Seattle. Um, you know, the Yankees, uh, I have all the respect in the world, and, and you said it. I mean, to, to have my number retired is an, probably the biggest honor I've ever had in baseball because of the people that have been out there before. So, um, I, I don't really have an opinion whether or not. All I know is I have a ton of respect for Alex Rodriguez uh, for his ability and what he could do on a baseball field. When you think back to your career, and you had a great one with the New York Yankees, this jumps out at me, and I'm not even going to bring up as a Met fan all the times you killed me because you did many, many times, <laughs> which I respect. I think back to the crowd chanting your name in the World Series of 2001. In the midst of that emotional World Series against Arizona, they're chanting your name. When you think back to that moment, 
Like, what was going through your mind? Because you're such a competitor, so I assume you're trying to think about the game, but then you got to hear this. You got thousands of people chanting your name in the middle of the World Series. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, still gives me goosebumps when I think about it. And, you know, it, when you look at the story, uh, it was a weird time in life after 9-11, the World Series. And when this started happening, you know, you're, you're out in right field all alone. It's something you haven't practiced other than, you know, when you're a five-year-old in the backyard where the fans are chanting, it just doesn't happen. And it happened that night. And then you figure out what's going on. You don't know how to react because at the time, we're losing a World Series game. I mean, that's the important thing. I mean, uh, I had announced that I was retiring, but uh, but then if you look at the way the night went, one of the greatest comebacks, those three games, that's what I remember about those World Series. And I'm sure it has a lot to do with uh, I was retiring at the end of the year, so I didn't have to, to you know, suffer the loss and, and try to repeat. But uh, uh, I remember those three games in New York, all comebacks, big home runs, late-inning heroics, uh, that's what I remember uh, of that time. And, I, you know, it, it, it meant a lot to New York. Yeah, no, it definitely did because they, they the, the New York Yankees, I guess really all New York teams and their fans, they'll champion the ones that they feel like are theirs, right? Even though you came from someplace else, they, they claimed mm-hmm. you. And so I, I wonder, like, when Juan Soto, as an example, comes here, and let's say he does get a long-term deal. I mean, does does he need to win a championship? Like, how how – do you make yourself feel like you're one of this city's like favorite sons? Well, I think if you're part of the Yankees, yeah, championships are, are extremely important. Uh, I mean, uh, the, I think Aaron Judge, if you ask him, the, the one thing missing, obviously he's got a lot of years left in the game, is a world championship. And, uh, you know, there's too many good players on this team that realize that this team has been brought together to win championships, not just – you know, to have a good year, make it to the playoffs, and we'll see you next year. I mean, uh, you know, excellence is 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 the Yankee thing. And I always remember going to spring training, uh, you know, with Mr. Steinbrenner out on the field, and it wasn't about having a good year. It was about winning a World Series. And, you know, unless you won a World Series, it wasn't a good year. No doubt. Paul yeah. O'Neill's got a brand-new beer, IPA beer, Warrior 21. So check it out, especially if you got some time off this week. We appreciate you coming on. Thank, Thank you, you Paul. Paul. Guys, have a good one, man. We'll see you. The great Paul O'Neill, the warrior himself. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.